Amen. Thank you very much. I wish also you'd keep some churches in mind. I don't want to mention the names of them, but there's two or three churches in the area. The pastor is uh, resigning for whatever reason, moving on, and uh, they're just uh, the old devil's working right now. We just remember to keep the churches in mind, please. Good to see y'all tonight. Miss you when you're not here, but sure appreciate you being here tonight. First Corinthians, chapter one. I want to begin to read in verse 17. First Corinthians, chapter one, verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Had not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Father, would you bless now the reading and studying of thy word to each of our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> what I want to major on tonight is what is the meaning of the expression, the cross. Verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But us which are saved is the power of God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8 says, Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 3.18, For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Now the cross does not refer to a silver ornament uh, nor an emblem often seen on church steeples or, uh, nor a crucifix. Neither does it refer to the burdens. There's a lot of people that said uh, they're carrying the uh, cross in sufferings. That's not what it means either. Now, the cross is an expression that contains the fact of the death of Christ Jesus upon the cross. Now, another Bible term is the blood. The blood is an expression referring to the new nature of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ made for us upon the cross. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now is Christ Jesus, ye who sometime were far off, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1.19 said, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship, one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Revelation 12, verse 11, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their te testimony, 
and they love not their lives unto the death. So the cross and the blood are interchangeable terms, but refers to this death, the Lord's death, <coughs> and the great purpose and the significance of His death. It is a historical fact that the Lord Jesus Christ died upon the cross. Amen? Now, but the question is, why did He die? What does His death mean to the believer? If you turn to the book of Galatians, and we'll go right through the book of Galatians tonight, and I'll show you some terms uh, that explains the cross. Uh, the first one I want you to see is substitution. Now look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. Now notice something. On the cross, then the Lord Jesus died for us. Jesus was not dying for his sins. He was dying for our sins. And he bore away our sins in his own body. Galatians 1 verse 4 said he gave himself for our sins. Now the key words here are who gave himself for our sins. Now our sins have brought upon us the penalty of sin which is death. Ezekiel 18 verse 4 said, Behold, all souls are mine as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But, in order that we might not die, the Lord Jesus took our place and died in our stead. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For He had made Him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the rights of God in Him. Now, here's the whole point. Nobody's going to heaven unless they're absolutely righteous. No sin can be found in them. Alright? Nobody's going to heaven with any sin in them whatsoever. Now, that sounds like a contradiction for this simple reason. The Bible says we're all sinners. Every one of us. I don't care who you are. You can be the best person on the face of this earth. You're still a sinner. Because the Bible says so. Now, well, then if no sin's going to heaven and we are sinners, then something, somebody's going to pay the penalty for us and make us available for heaven. First Peter 2.24 says, Who in his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So the first word uh, in, when it comes to the cross is substitution. Jesus was our substitution. He died in our stead. The second word in Galatians is found in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, and that is the word identification. Chapter 2, and look at verse 20 with me, please. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now I want you to watch something. On the cross, not only did the Lord Jesus die for us, but we died with him. Now Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Now the death of Christ upon the cross was God's judgment upon the, the old creation then. 
the Lord Jesus died as a representative, and therefore we who formed a part of the old creation and who now believed in Him died with Him. This is what Paul meant when he looked back to the cross and said, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, uh, I haven't been nailed to the cross. Amen? I don't have any nail prints in my hands and my feet and a pierced side. Uh, what's he talking about then? Notice now, if you study Romans chapter 6, you'll hear these kind of words. Verse 2 says, Romans chapter 6, we are dead to sin. Verse 3 says, we're baptized into his death. Verse 4 says, we're buried into death. Uh, Verse 5 says, planted in the likeness of his death. And verse 6 says, knowing that our old man is crucified. And again, verse 11, we are told, Reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin. Now, in other words, we're to believe God's testimony that when the Lord Jesus Christ died, we died. We can never put our old nature to death, but we don't have to. What we have to do is reckon upon His death because when He died, we died. We have to reckon upon that. Now, you need to go back and study that word record, and I reckon, but I don't have time to do that tonight. But what I want you to see is that we reckon on, we put our trust in His death. We died with Him upon the cross. Our old nature, our old sinful body, everything that's sinful in us died with Him upon the cross. Redemption is the next word. Look at Galatians chapter 3 now, in verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now notice, why the curse of the law? Because the law makes a demand upon us which we cannot meet. The law says, Do this and you shall live. And if you do not do this, you'll die. Just that simple. Now, because we have broken the law, we're under the curse of the law. And Jesus died for us in order to deliver us from the curse of the law. That's death penalty. Just suppose the way of salvation was by law keeping. Well, first of all, no one can keep the law of God. And therefore, no one can be saved. Secondly, uh, we would never have assurance of salvation because no matter how much we tried, we'd always be conscious of our failure. Uh, you can try to live right, you can try not to do wrong, all you want to, but you'll always have that haunting in the back of your mind that you can do it. Now watch this. Uh, we would always wonder then if we had enough good deeds to outweigh our bad ones. Salvation is through redemption not by works. And that's what it's about. The fourth word is found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 11, and that is the persecution. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 now and verse 11. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Now notice something. On the cross, the Lord Jesus died a shameful death. And all who follow Him will suffer persecution. Galatians 5 verse 11 said, And I, brethren, 
if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Because the, Christ, the cross is an offense to the natural man. All who love and preach the cross will suffer persecution in. Death by crucifixion was the most degrading form of punishment. And God made that very plain. Jesus died the worst death that a man can die. And that was being crucified. And you and I will suffer persecution because of it. I don't care what you say. If you say you're a Christian, you're going to be persecuted because Jesus was persecuted. The fifth word is separation. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust thereof. Now watch this. On the cross then, the Lord Jesus died for us that we might have delivered from the flesh. What we need to do is hold a funeral service then for ourselves. Reckon ourselves dead, buried with Christ, and raised with Him to live for Him. Separation. I remember a preacher years ago, and I've told this story over and over, but it illustrates exactly what I want to show you tonight. Uh, a young man came to a, a pastor one day and he said, Pastor, I'm having a problem with this thing. Uh, when it, in Romans it says that we're dead with Christ. And he said, I don't understand that, that we died with Christ. And he said, well, let me explain it to you this way. And his friend, the young man who came to see the pastor, his friend had not had died not long before that. And he said, let's say his name is Jim. He said, you go out to the graveside of Jim and you tell him all the good things you can say about Jim. Tell him how good he was. Just go right down the road and tell him just how wonderful a friend he was and what all he had done to help you and just brag on him all day long if you want to and, and then come back. He went out there and he came back. He said, what did he say? Nothing. Didn't say anything. Why? He was dead. You know what he said? You, we need to learn something. Don't let people blow your head off your shoulders and bragging on you. Amen? Amen. You're still a sinner saved by God's Amen. grace. That's what he's talking about. But wait a minute. Now look at the other side of it. Suppose somebody comes along and says to you, uh, then he said, now go back out there and you tell Jim all the bad things he's done. I mean, all everything he'd ever done to you, just, just uh, let him know everything bad he'd ever done to you and come back. He went out there and he'd come back. He said, what did he say? Nothing. Why? He was dead. You know what that's telling you and I? Don't let anybody say bad things about you and hurt your feelings and quit on Christ. Don't do that. Don't be affected by that. You know, now listen, I'm one of these guys I like to be loved by everybody. I just really do. I don't like to fight and fuss. I don't like arguing and carrying on all the time. I can't stand that kind of stuff. I want people to love me and I want to love them back. It's just that simple. And the hardest thing for me to, uh, to handle when I became a pastor, I found out very quickly, everybody don't love me. That blew my mind. I thought everybody was supposed to love a preacher. I mean, I thought I was a good guy. I wore the white hat. You know what I mean? I thought I was the nicest guy in town. I'm a pastor. And I found out that people have talked about you. Talk of people who ridicule you. I had a man come up to me and he said, Brother Strong, you know that man that uh, plays golf with you and everything around you and you and him go hunting together and everything? 
and you think he's your friend, he said, he's not your friend. He said, when you ain't around, he's talking about everything, how you preach and what you ought to say and what you ought not to say and everything. He's not your friend. Boy, that hurt me. I mean, I couldn't hardly stand that, that he would do something like that. You know what the Bible says? When you're a Christian, realize it. Don't let that bother you. Amen? You're dead. Uh, don't, let that, don't let somebody brag on you bother you. Don't quit on the Lord. No matter what, you're dead. That's separation. Now, we need to hold a funeral service then after we get saved of ourselves and bury ourselves to, uh, to this thing of feelings. The next word is emancipation. Look at Galatians chapter 1 now and verse 4. Just back up uh, to where we started. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Who gave Himself for our sins that He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now on the cross, the Lord Jesus died to deliver us from this present evil world. Jesus died to, to deliver us from this present evil world that we might be a separated people. And this being the case, we can adopt the world's standards, uh, wear the world's dress then, go to the world's pleasures, make bosom friends of the worldly people, when the Lord Jesus Christ died to deliver us from the world. How can you do that? You can't. The, the world's not my friends. You are. Christians are my friends. Amen? And we're to be a separated people. We're not to run around that same crowd. We're to be different from them. Let me show you something. I want to show you the world society it, with God left out. Turn with me to 1 John just a minute. In 1 John chapter 2. And please begin reading me in verse 18. Or verse 15. Listen to this. Love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now that's not talking about the planet. That's not talking about water and earth and birds and bees and that kind of stuff. Um, that's not talking. It's talking about the world system. The way mankind lives. Listen to what he said. Love not the world, neither things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you love the things of Hollywood, if you love the way that people dress worldly, if you love the places the rest of the world goes to, and you enjoy that kind of stuff, listen, that's not a God. The Bible says so. Love not the world, neither things in the world. Then verse 16 says, For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now watch this. Jesus died to deliver us then from the present evil world, that we might be a separated people. And being uh, this case, uh, we have to adopt ourselves, adapt ourselves away from the world to godly things. Now watch, the world, again, is God left out, the society of the world where God left out it, and we're not to have any part of it. We're to be separated. The next word, if you would, is found in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14. Galatians chapter 6 now. 
And look with me, please, in verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Now, we are to glory in the cross. Notice the Bible says that's exaltation. We're to glory in the cross. We ought to praise the Lord. Amen? Because of all the loving kindness and tender mercies that are shown towards us by others that, uh, that came from God. All the other things that we can put in our life, all these things, God's goodness, God's tender mercies, God's blessings, we're to praise God and thank Him for all His tender mercies. We should praise God who satisfies our mouth with good things. Psalms 103 and verse 5, David said. Uh, Nehemiah said, Food is a love gift of God to His people. Think about that. That's the reason for the blessings at meals. Did you know... As a pastor, I have to go, I don't have to, I want to, go to rest home when I could visit them in hospitals. And I see people in the hospitals and they can't eat. I mean, you know, I went to visit an elderly lady in her home and she was cooking on her stove. And uh, man, it smelled good to me. I mean, she was cooking. I forgot now what it was, but it sure smelled good. And she got through with it and she sat down there at the table. Me and her was talking. She couldn't eat it. You know why? Uh, when you get to a certain age, you, when you're smelling something, you, you lose your appetite. You don't want to eat it. Do you ever thank God for your appetite? Just being able to eat? The Bible said we're to go for God for that. We're to give thanks to God for that. That's the reason the blessings of at mealtime. Praise the Lord for all your food. And God gave it to us. What should a Christian do about these many blessings? Number one, be definite as you recount your blessing. Don't get content and forget to praise God for it. Every day of my life, I thank God that Jesus died on the cross for me. Amen. And all the blessings that goes with it. I want to be specific. When God blesses me with something, thank you, Lord, for this. Amen. And you go a little bit further and God will bless you. God, thank you, Lord, for that. And you be definite about it. Publicly, thank God for all He has done for you. As soon as God blesses you. I love to tell people, we had a man, and we used to go in his restaurant, and we sat down, and he used to ask us this question. Every time he'd come over to our table and sit down, he owner the place, and he'd come, what's God done for you today? And he used to thrill me every time i go in there, and I knew he was going to do it every time, and I would tell him something God had done for us. And he just couldn't understand it. He'd just shake his head. He just did not understand uh, God doing that for somebody. And I said, the problem is, oh, sir, you're not one of his children. I am. And that's the difference. And God blesses me, and I want to thank God for that. Uh, since God has been so good to you, dwell upon his blessings with your heart in happy and contentment. Psalm 43 and verse 5. Now listen. Because God has been so good to you in the past is proof He'll be good to you again in the future. Amen. I believe it with all my soul. I look back on it sometimes. You ever have a devil say, you're just going through a hard day today. I mean, everything you do is going wrong today. You ever have that kind of day? And the old devil sit on your shoulder and poor, poor, pitiful you. You're just having it hard, aren't you? And you know what I said to the devil every time? Well, he blessed me yesterday. 
and He blessed me last year, and He blessed me last week, well, I think He's going to bless me tomorrow then. Amen? And I'm not going to let the devil win. And all that has to do with one thing. Jesus died on the cross to fulfill my life since I've been saved. I glory in the cross every day of my life. I really do. There's more to the cross than Jesus just died for your sins. Jesus died to bless you every day. Amen? Glad I'm saved today. I challenge anybody. If you're not born again, you're not saved, you don't know what life is. You you just you, you start living when you accept Christ as your Savior. All the avenues of God is opened up to you that you didn't have before. What a blessing. Heavenly Father, will you bless your people? Thank you for each one who's come tonight.